0: There are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting evolving and moving ahead.
1: Welcome back to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. If you spend any time at all in Metro Detroit, you know how tight-knit the Chaldean community is, and what an essential part of the economy they are here in Southeast Michigan. With me today is the president of the Chaldean Chamber of Commerce, Martin Mena. Welcome, sir. Good to be with you. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff. The chamber has been a great resource to the Chaldean community and the community at large, but one of the things that you've spent a lot of time on lately is the Chaldean Community Foundation and increasing the resources available to members through that group. Can you discuss that a little bit? The Chaldean Community Foundation
0: was launched as the charitable arm of the Chaldean American Chamber of Commerce, who it was mainly launched to help with the large influx of Chaldean Iraqi refugees. So we've gone from about 1.5 million Chaldeans or Christians in Iraq to fewer than 200,000 today. A lot of that had to do with the U.S.-led invasion in 03, and then the subsequent uh, attacks on the minority communities, uh, whether it was Al-Qaeda or more recently ISIS. And so the foundation was really launched as a response to that and to provide assistance to the growing immigrant community. Some 35,000 Chaldean Iraqi refugees made their way here. And so the foundation's efforts are mainly to focus on helping them get on what we call a pathway to prosperity, learning English, helping them find jobs. Once they find jobs, we have community donors that help give them money to buy a car. We also provide access to health care, long-term housing, assistance with mental health, and many other services really focused on giving them stability here. And so the foundation now serves nearly 35,000 people annually, nearly 20% of which are non-Chaldean. We're in the midst of a 20,000 square foot addition to our facility in Sterling Heights as we see an increase in the demand of services uh, for the people that we're serving.
1: The services, as you've mentioned, have been great for the community here at large, and that is before coronavirus, COVID-19 hit. How has the events of the last couple of months changed the focus and the resources you've had to add to the foundation? The whole uh, uh,
0: pandemic that we're dealing with with COVID I think uh, was surprising to us like everybody else. We had to transition nearly 50 staff to work from home and then uh, deal with the many challenges that were unheard of before because we're always able to see people face to face but realize that they need some specific care. we will give you one example. We have some 1,300 clients that can't get applications completed to apply for unemployment. Mm -hmm. The state's uh, system is in English and in Spanish, but not an option for Chaldean or Arabic. And so we've been working with the state government trying to help them get access uh, so that they can also apply for assistance. But we also have clients, some 900 uh, clients that have intellectual or developmental disabilities. So we really had to get more engaged and involved with education and communication with our community because we are hearing from Sterling Heights uh, officials, as an example, that there was a large COVID outbreak in areas in which Chaldeans mainly resided, the immigrant community. So we had our local priests provide messaging to them that get some 100,000 views about the importance of staying home, stay safe, stay sheltered, those kind of messages. But we are a little overwhelmed. Our caseload's up about 30 to 40 percent. Our caseworkers are working from their homes and adding an additional uh, amount of time to their weekly schedule because they have uh, many people that they have to get back to. We have about 1,300 people that uh, we still have to get through and we stopped taking intakes at this time until we could get caught up with them and so that we could provide the services that are needed for the community.
1: So with the advent of COVID-19, there has been so much anxiety for everybody when it comes to health, when it comes to financial security. But in the Chaldean community, there are a lot of unique challenges and unique anxieties this brings too, right? Well, sure. You know, We have a a large uh, business community. Uh, 60% of our
0: households are business owners, and they are uh, like other immigrant communities in specific industries. So We have a large community that owns uh, grocery stores, independent supermarkets, mainly in the city of Detroit and then the surrounding suburbs. And so there's challenges for that community as it pertains to keeping their stores open, shelves stocked, and then the health and well-being of the store owner and the customers that are coming in. We have the same issues with the convenience stores and liquor store owners and the challenges that they face keeping their stores open and shelves stocked, but also dealing with different nuances as it pertains to why people are coming into the stores. Sometimes they're coming in four or five times just to play the Michigan lottery. We've been trying to advocate that maybe that's not the best idea. Right. You know, we're dealing with other segments of the community, like the immigrant community that don't really understand why they're being told to stay home or can't get access to benefits because of a language barrier, or those that are dealing with developmental or intellectual disabilities that don't really understand what's taking place.
1: In looking at the COVID-19 resource page on the foundation website, one of the things that you mentioned on there is for a lot of folks in the immigrant community, they come from countries where there is a lot of distrust of government. So I think that is important to think about as you talk about having to explain why the government is telling you to stay home and explaining that it's not some sinister thing. It's really a public health and for your own good. I'd imagine the messaging is really important there.
0: Well, absolutely. And that's why we're really getting our religious leaders involved and engaged. There's a trust for the uh, the Chaldean Catholic Church and our priests. And so we've asked them to get more involved and engaged because this is life or death for many people. and we're seeing uh, cases within our community that we're seeing that there is, has been spikes. Families have been devastated by this outbreak. but most importantly is the messaging. So you know back home or in Iraq, uh, there was a big mistrust of government and we're trying to help them understand that the government's really just trying to protect you in this instance. And um, many have loved ones still that live in Iraq and are, are also realizing that they have been affected by this just as much.
1: So you have this uh, COVID-19 resource page on the Community Foundation, as I mentioned. You talk about a lot of stuff on there, anxiety, career, special needs, as you've mentioned, a lot of resources there regarding small business, and then also warning people about scams as it relates to the stimulus packages as well, correct?
0: Yeah, and there's a reason for that. I mean, a lot of, again, these uh, newer Americans, um, unfortunately, have been involved in many different scams over the last several years people have been calling them and telling them they're with the government and they need their social security number so there's been a lot of identity fraud and many other instances where people have been taken advantage of so we're just letting them know the different scams that are going out what we had shared with them actually came from one of the local municipalities they're seeing it in the general community so we're trying to translate many of these documents so that they're fully aware of uh, whether it's the scam or the different information or guidelines that are coming from the CDC or the state government or the federal government so they understand completely you know what protocols to be following.
1: And another uh, thing you mentioned on that resource page is the importance of being counted for the 2020 census as well too.
0: So we are part of uh, what the Community Foundation of Southeast Michigan designated a- as an immigrant community that has been uh, drastically undercounted. So in the 2010 census there was about 45,000 Chaldeans that were listed uh, in the state of Michigan. We did our own survey with the University of Michigan-Dearborn, and that number was 160,000. Huh. There's obviously a lot of federal resources that go into these local communities that are impacted by the census numbers, and it's very important that everyone's counted. So in the Chaldean community, you take Sterling Heights as another example. Uh, It may just be the third largest city after this count, you know, maybe surpassing Warren. And a lot of that could be attributed to the influx of the new immigrant population that has come there. But we have large populations, mainly in Oakland and Macomb County, and we're doing a lot from our side to try to get the word out on how important it is to be counted. And it goes again back to what you said earlier, there is a mistrust of government, so we're helping them understand that everyone in this country should be counted because of the amount of federal resources that are coming back to the state, which directly impacts everyone that's uh, taking part in the census.
1: So, Martin, you've got a lot of resources available to the Chaldean community. And what's important to note too is that members of the Chaldean community have really stepped up over these last several weeks as the pandemic has really taken over Michigan. And you mentioned a lot of Chaldean-owned grocery stores a few minutes ago. But can you talk about some of the local businesses that have gone above and beyond and what they're doing to help the community at this time?
0: Sure. When this initially started, the Chaldean American Chamber of Commerce partnered with some of our wholesalers and provided in partnership with Gardner White, some food for local food banks in Oakland County, Lighthouse as an example. We also worked with Wayne County Executive Warren Evans to provide food to many food banks in Wayne County, mainly senior-directed food banks. Uh, but separate from that, there's been story after story from several of our members. We'll give you one example, Wild Bill's Tobacco. Mm-hmm. They have 110 stores, almost 100 here in Michigan. At their stores, who are now closed because of the uh, stay-home, stay-safe directive, have distributed almost 30,000 surgical masks to Ascension Healthcare, uh, Beaumont, Henry Ford Health. They've also distributed hand sanitizer. They've also distributed disinfectant. But just yesterday, they started an initiative where they're feeding. 1,000 healthcare heroes and first responders on a daily basis. So they delivered food to Oakland County Sheriff, Wayne County Sheriff, West Bloomfield Police Department, uh, Troy Beaumont. Uh, next week they're delivering food to all the Henry Ford uh, West Bloomfield Hospital staff members. They're doing it at Ascension uh, Monday and so it's non-stop just the work that Wild Bills is doing. In addition to places like Beyond Juice and Regency Manor, Jason Nager and their family, have also been delivering food uh, every weekend to hospital heroes. And then the list goes on of the amount of PPE equipment that has become available from many of our business owners that they've been able to source and then giving them back to first responders. We had, we had delivered 1,000 N95 mask to the Detroit Police Department a few weeks ago. And so we have been talking to the state and seeing who has the most need and trying to direct this equipment to those that uh, need it most.
1: I did see the story about Regency Manor on Channel 7 where they uh, were putting, I think they donated a thousand shawarma sandwiches, I think it was. And I was starving by the time I was done watching the story because the food looked so good. And it's so great to see both the chamber and the foundation helping out its members and helping out the community, but in turn, all these Chaldean-owned businesses are turning around, and helping the community at as a whole. It's nice to see how that whole circle flows.
0: You know absolutely. Like the grocers in the city of Detroit, they've been there for forty or fifty years in mm-hmm. these neighborhoods, and they've always given back. And I think the most difficult part of this is, you know, you have a gregarious community. They're very outgoing and uh, they're very affectionate, and so. This is another way for them to try to give back to the communities that have always supported them. And it's it's a large growing community, but even like our chamber, you know, we have 1,100 members, almost 35 percent are non-Chaldean. The Chaldean Community Foundation serves uh, nearly 20 percent of its clients are non-Chaldean. These are integrated organizations that are just, uh, you know, very proud membership that are very supportive of the communities in which they live, work and worship.
1: And you mentioned the grocery stores in Detroit. They're like a lot of grocery stores are changing the way they're doing business and with the whole social distancing part of it, right?
0: Yeah, they uh, are trying to um, protect the customers coming in and protect their workers. So uh, they're enforcing these uh, this social distancing, how people are able to enter the store, exit the store. I was talking to one of the grocers and he says each of their aisles are one way now and they're limiting the amount of customers that are able to come into the store they've reduced their hours, they're doing more deliveries. And so they've adjusted their business model like everyone else has had to.
1: Again, so many great resources available both to the people that you serve and to the community as a whole. If people are interested in getting more information about the resources available through the chamber and through the foundation, what are the websites they can visit?
0: Sure. Thank you for that, John. It's caldeanchamber.com
1: and chaldeanfoundation.org. We're going to link to those in the show notes as well. Martin, thank you so much for the time today and thank you so much for the work that the, both the Chamber and the Foundation are doing during this difficult time. Thank you, John. Stay well and be safe, brother.
0: Michigan Motors Forward is produced by JAG and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify or wherever Vine podcasts are found.